that next week is our, I believe, seventh anniversary of Steel City Church. Next week is our two-year anniversary of being church without walls, on the run, on the run for God for two years. Amen? Isn't that something? And look around, folks. You're still here. Because of the grace of God and the beauty and wonder of his word and the love of God. That saying, uh, nothing, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself is not new. There was in the 16th century, the great French writer, Michael de Montaigne, the thing in the world I am most afraid of is fear, that passion alone in the trouble of it, exceeding all other accidents. In the 17th century, Francis Baker wrote, nothing is terrible except fear itself. Let's define fear, okay? Fear is anything real or imagined that brings up thoughts of pain, suffering, loss, and doubt in God's character, his nature, and his love, and a doubt that maybe God doesn't have us. Maybe God doesn't see us. Maybe God is just like, I don't know, on the other side of the cosmos taking care of business, and he's just letting us soar on through. Fear not only uh, directs our thoughts, it invades our thoughts and our mindsets and creates an attitude in our heart and life that can be sinful. Isn't it true? When we suffer from anxiety and fear in a prolonged manner without combating it through the word of God and the Spirit's work in our hearts and life, that's what the Bible calls sin. Isn't that something? But yet people deal with anxiety and fear, and I'm not diminishing that at all. There's fear and there's anxiety. People have panic attacks. People are anxious. People suffer from fear. But there is a way. There is a God that casts out all fear. Amen? Amen. The in the moment fear is not sin. David said, when I fear, not if I fear. You will fear. I will be afraid. I will have anxiety. I will have depression. Sometimes I feel like a wet blanket on my heart and life. And then there's another wet blanket that piles on. It's the way life happens sometimes, right? It just piles on. The twists and turns of life, the, uh, the COVID thing with people getting COVID and people in the hospital. We just uh, suffered the loss of Jim Peters from, from COVID. There's a lot of things that we are and can grab us and cause us to be fearful. But friends, that fear should move us right into the presence of God. Amen? Right into his word. He's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah, David gave the antidote to fear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Praise God for that. Amen? Let's look at that, Proverbs chapter 3. Let's go over there, and then we'll get to Ephesians, okay? But first, let's go over to Proverbs chapter 3. Start with verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. 
steadfast love and faithfulness. Steadfast love, the loving compassion, is covenant talk. God's covenant love towards you is steadfast, ongoing, never-ending, unbreakable covenant love for you today. Amen? Find them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Here it is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. We all look back over our lives when we've trusted in our own understanding and we had unintended consequences because of that. Amen? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Amen. All right, all you old people, come on, stand up and do a jig for me. Let's go. Yeah. No? Okay, stay seated. It's all right. The Lord can give us refreshment in our flesh and our bones and give us strength. Amen? He renews our, our strength and he restores us. It will be healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. Oh, let's get into this portion of scripture. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. I want to ask you a question. Because sometimes we hold on to our cash because we're afraid. We look for the future and we're kind of like, oh man, I got I to gotta hoard, I got to grab, I got to hold on to, right? The Bible says here that we honor the Lord with our first fruits, right? When we, whatever we receive, we say, God, no matter what my bills are here now, you're getting the first fruits. You're getting the first money off the top because you are my God and my trust is not in my money. My trust is not in my employer. My trust is definitely not in my government. My trust is in God. Have you ever made that statement before God where you took off the top the first fruits of your financial blessing and you give it to God? Say, God, I got these bills right here, but I'm going to give my, my financial blessing that you have given me, I'm going to give it to you first. And then it says, my barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. In other words, there'll be over in abundance. There'll be blessing. There'll be favor. As you put God first in your finances, sometimes when we sing, here's my heart, we're not really saying, here's my pocketbook. Amen? That's kind of set aside. Isn't it true? Here's my heart means here's my life. And we sang that as well. Here's my life, everything that I am, everything that I have, my family, my children, my job, my gifts, my talents, my abilities are yours, and you use them the way you want to because I am yours and you are mine. Amen? We're, we're coming into a time when uh, we're going to need a, another place to stay. The front hall, not the greatest. It's wonderful. It's a, it's a blessing from God. But let's face it, friends. We need something else. Amen? So we need to pray and we need to fast that God will, like Mike said, show us the way and we will walk in it. There's a situation with the right side of the front hall that is not the greatest. 
kids' church is there, and it's just not working out the greatest. So we need to pray, and guess what? We need to give. Lock the doors. We're going to take a... We're going to take another offering. No, you know what? I've, I've been in churches where they lock the door, and until we raise this amount of money, nobody leaving until we raise this cash. But because I am a wonderful person, I'm not going to do that today. Amen? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Friends, I, listen. We are such a giving church. No doubt we are a giving church. We give to our missionaries. We give food three times a week. We're going into the, into the schools. We have bought uh, backpacks for our, our students. Um, your giving is, is unbelievable. But guess what? Give more. Give more. Amen? Give more. So I'm going to leave that with you. You can go to your closet and talk to God about that, and the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And then uh, get your checkbook out and... God bless you. Amen? Amen? How many are offended that I talk like that? Are you offended? No. Okay. Great. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches, riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, we thank you for your word. It's life and it's light and it's transforming to our hearts. And we pray that you bless us as we ponder your word today. It would speak to our heart, would change our mind and direct our actions today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man. Paul just previously went through the fact that the Gentiles and the Jews become one body, become the church of Jesus Christ. The strangers became family members. The aliens became uh, citizens of God's kingdom. And together, we look no longer towards people in the, in the flesh, but we look towards people and look at people according to the kingdom of God. Amen? And according to the Spirit that whosoever will may come to know Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way. He said it on the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. We know that. Acts tells us that there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's through Jesus Christ. We have a lot of conversations about religion, about moralism, but the one thing we really need to talk about is Jesus. Amen? Jesus. How he's changed us. How he's transformed us. How his love is real, is genuine, is authentic. And we feel his love. We experience his love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's flip over to Romans chapter 5. 
And let's read the first verse, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, declared righteous by our God through faith in Christ, by His grace, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Isn't that awesome? So how do you encounter the love of Christ? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You're yielding your heart to the power of the Holy Spirit, turning from your own self-centeredness, turning from your own self-consciousness, putting your, putting your, your sights and your aim and your goal on knowing Christ. The Spirit of God comes in and reveals who Christ is and begins to conform you to the very image of Jesus Christ. And that's our, that's our cry, and that's our goal, isn't it? So what I'm getting at in a very roundabout way is the fact that your creed, your belief in your creed, your belief in your doctrine, your belief in your teaching, you coming to church, you giving 20% of your money will not bring you to a knowledge of the love of Christ. And this is the main thing we're talking about. 1 John 4, 15 and 18 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know, here it is, know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Did you just hear what I just said? Amen? <laughs> Let me read it again. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is also in the world, we are. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Isn't that something? So when I hear perfect love casts out all fear, what's my initial thrust? All right, I got to get my life together, man. I got to make it right. I have to just start acting right, man. I got to start changing my mind about stuff, man, because my mind is getting me up in trouble. Right? If you plant a thought, you will harvest an attitude. If you plant an attitude, you will harvest an action. If you plant an action, you'll harvest a habit. If you plant a habit, you will harvest a destiny. Amen? And it starts right in your mind. It starts right in your mind. Perfect love casts out fear. God's love is perfectly complete and completely perfect. Amen? Perfectly complete and completely perfect. Perfect love casts out all fear. The Apostle John was awesome in this thought. We massage this thought into our hearts and into our minds. Perfect love expels all fear. 
in Ephesians, it talks about abiding with God. In 1 John chapter 4, abiding with God is the key to conquering fear. Abiding with God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, let's go over there, okay guys? Colossians chapter 3. Let's go with verse 12, okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Amen? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we abide in God, we allow God to dwell in our hearts and allow him to feel comfortable. Amen? Isn't it great to come into somebody's house and they just tell you to feel comfortable? You can go into the refrigerator, you can go downstairs, um, might not be able to go in their bedroom, but you know, they just make you feel free. They make you feel comfortable, right? My question to you today, is God's word dwelling in your heart and is he comfortable there? Or are there some things in your heart and life that God uh, does not want to face, is not comfortable with, in fact, will judge because of sin. The word dwell is allowing the word of God to dwell in your heart comfortably and allow him to dwell and feel at home in your heart and in your life. Let the word of Christ dwell or feel at home today. Amen? Amen. Feel at home. Then it goes in Ephesians, it talks about abiding means to be rooted in him, knit to him by the Holy Spirit. To abide with God is to allow his completion of us to grow so that we can come to know and trust the security of his love. Let's go over to Psalms chapter 1. This is an awesome passage of scripture, and it talks about being rooted Psalms chapter 1, and here it goes. Blessed is the man, or woman, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Isn't the word of God like streams of living water to us? Amen. When we plant ourselves into the word of God, our roots go deep into the soil and into the streams and flow of God's word in our heart and life. In our backyard, there was, when we moved in, there was a tree about this high. And now it's like 40 feet, and it's pretty big. What I love is all the roots that are coming up out of the ground 
coming up out of the ground in my neighbor's yard, okay? <laughs> Which is really convenient. But what, what he has is a pool. And the kids are swimming and the water falls out, you know, and those roots are like, hey, that's water. And they're making their way up out of the ground and they're getting down into the, into the ground and they're heading right towards his pool. And in fact, a couple weeks ago, he mentioned that. And he's, we were standing by the fence. And I was like, isn't that something? My roots on your, on your yard. He was kind of concerned about the pool. But this is the way it is when we base our life on the word of God. We grow strong. We're rooted and grounded in truth. You understand truth? We need truth in this day and age, don't we? The word of truth is the only truth that can set us free. There's all kinds of misinformation, deception, cunning deceit that we see in the news. Where are we going to turn to find truth? Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's got a motivation that's evil. Nobody, uh, nobody is interested in the power of love. Everybody's interested in the love of power. And they'll do whatever they, they, they can, and they'll say whatever they can say to make themselves more powerful and stronger in their ideology and in their political stance. And then comes the truth of God. Jesus said that there was a builder that built his life on sand. And the winds and the waves came, and his house was crushed and flowed away by the streams and the rivers and the floods. But yet there was another man that built his house on the rock. And the storms came, the winds came, the deceit came, the evil came, the mandates came, Marxism came, socialism came, communism came. But his house stood firm on the rock, which is Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Friends, we don't know what the future has in store, but it will bring fear, and you will be afraid. I encourage you today, don't make those moments into mountains. Give those moments to God and walk in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to walk in power and love and a sound mind based on truth, not opinions of men or arguments of governments or institutions or organizations, even religious organizations, amen, based on the word of God. The truth of God you will know, experience, heart, mind, and will, and that truth will set you free. Man. Doesn't the world looking for people that know the truth? Amen? Amen. It's funny, when you, when you speak truth, people look at you like, I've never heard of that. Whoa. And you're like, man, just come on. You know? People need to hear the truth. The truth will set you free. May the Lord bless you richly and deeply. Was that my wife? And an extra blessing as well on top of that one. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Guys, there is stuff in our heart, okay? I, I'm talking personally. There's stuff in my heart that I don't even know about that drags me down. 
causes anxiety and fear in my heart and life. And I have to confess, when I get like that, people that do things stupid on the road, I want to be stupid back. And I noticed that my driving this week has not been good. It's not been Christian. I wanted to overcome and overpower people on the road. And it's just an indication that I'm anxious. There's something in my heart that's blocking something between my soul and the Savior. And it's fear. Is there a way today, maybe anxiety and fear have overcome you, where your mindset is geared towards doubts of God's character and his nature. And you need to get back to the rock. Amen? Amen. You need to get back to the rock. Maybe we can just have a season of worship and prayer where we cast all of our cares upon the Lord. He cares for us. And he embraces us. And he holds us. And he loves us. Amen? Perfect love casts out all fear. Your love will never be perfect. Your love will never be complete. Your love will never be enough for your wife, for your kids. Your, your self-love is never, ever enough. There's not enough love in this world to change and transform hearts. It takes the love of God because the love of God was poured out upon our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. As we, as we worship the Lord today, I really... I really ask you to be nitty and gritty and tell God exactly how you feel. Uh, do you think he knows people? You know, we try to put on this, I am a Christian. I'm a, I'm a blood-bought warrior of God. <laughs> I'm so fearful. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid. But you know what? I'm walking out on the battleground with my five stones and my sling because I'm going to whip the enemies, arsenic and old lace. Let me tell you that right now. Because God has won the victory through Christ. He's overcome death, the grave, sin, and shame. And I walk in his victory, not mine. He's the warrior. He's the champion. And I follow him out onto the battlefield. And he wins the victory every time. I'm asking you today to stand still and see the salvation of our God. Amen? cast our cares upon him. Realize your love will never be perfect. Stop trying to perfect your love. Your love will never be perfect, never be complete. It's the perfectly complete and completely perfect love of God that can transform your life and heart today forever and ever. Give it to God today as a sweet-smelling fragrance in the nostrils of God, the sweet-smelling fragrance of praise and thanksgiving. In the midst of your fear and anxiety and sorrow, yeah. yeah, I'm anxious and I'm fearful for the moment. But when I'm in the presence of the Lord, I have the antidote that cancels and counteracts my fear and builds my faith in Christ. Build your faith today, amen, as we worship the Lord in Jesus' name.